0: We are in the middle of an epidemic, an epidemic so wide that has infiltrated so many parts of our life that we don't even recognize it. Of course, I am speaking about cats on the internet. (laughs) Now, no matter how much internet experience you have, whether you barely touch the internet or whether you're on there every day, You have seen a cat video. You have seen pictures of cats. You've seen cats sing. You've seen cats dance. You've seen cats fight alligators and dogs and other cats. You've gotten email forwards about cats. Cats are everywhere. Now, a little bit of self-disclosure. I am not a cat lover. matter of fact, I don't like cats because, one, they don't do what they're told, and they don't listen to you. It seems appropriate that I can make a joke about having another kid if I wanted somebody who didn't listen to me or do what they wanted. Maybe. That's just another reason I don't like cats, Dalton. But even I have been sucked into this phenomenon because I kind of like that guy. I don't know if you know him or not. This is a grumpy cat. He's been on the Internet. He's been on TV, even. And I I can't exactly describe why, but it may have something to do with this. Let's show the next one. See, Mr. Grumpy Cat says, there are two kinds of people in this world, and I don't like them. He also says, love is an open door, so close it. Probably my favorite one. I had fun once. It was awful. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why I'm, I'm drawn to him. Maybe it's just because he reminds me of some church folk. Or, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say this church. <laughs> Did I? Uh,
1: no. Not out loud.
0: Not loud. No. There's something about it, and I think even in his own way, Mr. Grumpy Cat. Still wants to be happy just his way. And I'm willing to bet that that is probably true for all, if not most of us here this morning, all, if not most of us everywhere. We want to be happy. So so think about this on a scale of one to ten, one being that guy, ten being, oh, how happy are you right now? I mean, think about everything that's going on. Think about everything you're dealing with in your life. Think about some of the frustrations you're handling. Think about some of the things you're dealing with. Think about your bills. Think about your work. Think about how happy are you. Maybe some of us are eights or sevens, or maybe some of us are a little more honest and we're threes and twos. We all want to be happy, don't we? Well, I have for you this morning two options if you want to be happier. Two options, I think, that uh, are very doable. And one of them may seem a little more cumbersome than the other, but that may be for you to find out. But two options that all of us have in order for us to be just a little more happier. Now, the first one is going to require something. It's going to require that after we are done eating, because we're all going to stay and eat a turkey lunch and come on now. After we're done eating, if you want to be happier, your first option is to get into your car and drive six hours east. Because, as it turns out, the top five most happiest cities in the United States are all in the great state of Louisiana. (laughs) That's what we learned this year. So if you want to be happy, go drive and be with happy people. Maybe some of it will rub off on you. Now you got to think, what makes people in Louisiana so happy? First, you, have you ever had Cajun food? Hello. Maybe it's all that sugar they're putting out. You know, they're not happy. They just they just look happy, right? Louisiana's called the sportsman's paradise, so maybe it's all the fishing holes and the bayous and the places to get away. Or maybe it's something else. At least according to one. Editorialist who lives in one of those of the the happiest cities says there's something else that makes where she lives so happy. She's convinced that what makes her parish so happy is because they are among the greatest givers in their state. In fact, she says that her city, her parish, rates the top of the list in Louisiana. Of people who give of themselves the most. And she is sure that that is why they are all so happy. Now, of course, we've been saying that for thousands of years, haven't we? It's better to than it is to. But something else great happened this year. Science proved that it's better to. A group of researchers out of Notre Dame came out with a resource this year called The Paradox of Generosity. They did a five-year study of Americans, and what they found out is that people who give more of themselves are happier people. So it's been scientifically proven to you, friends, that the more we give, the more happier we are. That indeed it is better to than it is to... You see, now we say that, we know that, we've heard that. It's probably been preached to us a thousand times. But here's something else those researchers found out. 2.7 of Americans, only 2.7 of Americans give 10% or more of their income. That, in fact, 87% of Americans give less than 2% of their income. 50% of Americans don't give Anything. And then we wonder <laughs> why everyone's walking around seemingly like that. It is better to give and to receive. We've heard that we've learned that God has shown that to us over and over, and it's even part of what the Apostle Paul Reminds us in the text that we read this morning, that Clarence read for us. He says that the one who reaps, who sows sparingly, will reap sparingly. The one who sows abundantly will reap abundantly. Now, I want to tell you, friends, and I hope you know this. If you don't, I want you to hear me loud and clear. There are plenty of people, plenty of TV preachers that have taken verses like that and twisted it and made it to mean and sound like something that it is not. For some people, that means, ooh, I need to get rich by doing stuff. And we we water down the gospel to be some kind of get rich quick scheme. Be careful. Because that's not what the Apostle Paul is saying. Matter of fact, I wish we would stop thinking about money so much. Remember last week I suggested to you that we're always thinking that Jesus is talking so much much about money and maybe he's not. Now, to be fair, the Apostle Paul in the second Corinthians letter, he's trying to raise money, not for himself, but for the ministry of the people in Jerusalem. He's trying to raise money for someone else. He's trying to get the people in the Corinthian church to understand the great need that other people have. And so in one sense, he's talking about, friends, you from far away, you can pray for them, you can care for them, but they need your financial support right now. In one sense, he's talking about money, but in another sense, can we be real? A couple verses before where we picked off, Paul says this. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Show of hands, do you really think Paul was talking about money there? Do you really think the verse says, for God so loved the world's money that he gave his one and only begotten son? No. no. Like Paul is also reminding us that there is a giving spirit that we have to have. That there is a giving inside of us that as a Christian life is missing if we don't share. Paul goes on later to say, you will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. You will be enriched in every way. Is Paul still talking only about money? You see, friends, money is not really important to God. There are so many people who are convinced that the church and that God only cares about their money. And it's just not true. God doesn't care about your money. God cares about you. God offered us the gift of Christ so that we can be Enriched in every way so that we could know the peace of God. So that we could know what forgiveness looks like. So we could have in our mind what grace looks like. God doesn't care about how much you make. He's not even keeping tabs on how much you give. Because what's important to God is your life. what What we learn as the people of God is that as we receive the blessing of God, as we receive and understand the magnitude of what God has done for us, we can't help but be thankful. i was wondering. We can't help but be thankful. And we can sit around in church every Sunday and say, thank you, Lord, appreciate it, and go on about our lives, or we realize that maybe there's something else Meaningful we can do with our life as well. And I want to tell you that there is. It's learning to have what Paul is talking about. Learning to have this spirit of thanksgiving in our hearts that starts with God and ends with God's people. Some of you I know, whether you admit it or not, have watched The Simpsons before. And a few years ago, it came out that one of the co-creators was diagnosed with uh, terminal colon cancer. And I suppose that when you get that kind of diagnosis, there's a whole lot of ways that you could respond with your life. But what this gentleman did is he decided, of course, if you don't know The Simpsons, they've been around for a long time. I think, matter of fact, one of uh, the longest running shows in history. So this guy's made a lot of money. And what he decided to do was, Give it all away. And he started his own foundation to do work with uh, animals who were being abused. <clears throat> being abused, He started doing work uh, with families who didn't have enough to eat. He started uh, making sure that there were dogs who were trained to be able to work with veterans as they needed. He started, apparently for the first time, using everything that he had acquired to give it back. That's been two, three years ago, he was only given six months to live. But not too recently, not not too long ago, rather, he did an interview, and one of the things he said was, I have never been happier than I am today. I think part of that is that he learned what Christ has been telling us for all this time, it is better to give. Now, don't misunderstand, God. Receiving is not bad. Receiving can be very good. Matter of fact, if it's God's timing, if it's the right time, it is very good. Matter of fact, it is a blessing to receive. But you hear what God's saying? As much as it is a blessing to receive, it's even more of a blessing to give. That's what we say. But is that how we're living? Are we living as people who give? See, Paul goes on and says that uh, we give and that God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. giver. Now, what I love about that most is that the word that, that Paul uses there is a Greek word, hilaron, And it's where we get our word hilarious. So let's do this again. God loves a hilarious. hilarious giver. Now, what is so hilarious about giving? What could be hilarious about giving? I don't know, friends, but I'm willing to find out. We've been told over and over and over that you can't outgive God. Amen. As much as you try, you can't outgive God. But here's what I've come to learn we can have a whole lot of fun trying. We can have a hilarious time as we try to outgive God and watch what our hilarious giving can do. Think about the joy it brings as you think in your mind, you, somebody comes into your mind and you think, I want to give something to that person. That brings joy to you. And then when you actually bring the gift to them and you see the expression or their face or the gratitude or whatever, and whatever happens in your relationship, you're grateful then. And then later on, even you think about, man, I remember when I gave such and so. Man, that was just a great feeling. And that's what giving does. And God loves a hilarious giver friends, there is an epidemic of unhappy people. Dare I say grumpy. And maybe they're not just unhappy. Maybe they're just people who don't know how happy they can be when they have God as a part of their life. Maybe they just don't know how happy they can be when they have learned to be hilarious givers. No, you can't outgive God. But, sisters and brothers, we can have a lot of fun trying. Now, if driving six hours east doesn't sound like a viable option for you for whatever reason, if you want to stay in Texas, I guess you can just make a two hour drive down to Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi was number seventh place. But even if you don't feel like driving to Corpus Christi, the second option to be happier, the second option to bless God, the second way that you can bring joy and God's peace to a hurting and unhappy world is to be a hilarious giver. Sisters and brothers, God has graced us in every way. So let's get hilarious. Amen. Yeah, amen.